Lost at Lake? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Hello. Hello. I'm Tessa. I'm Victoria. I'm Emmeline. And we're three college BFFs with a love for research and alcohol who get together each week to teach you something new. What? What? What's the name of the podcast? Oh. (laughs) 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 Welcome to Shit Faced Facts. (laughs) All right. (laughs) What we got? What we drinking? I'm I'm drinking. I got a trusty old Truly Lemonade. Um. It's, oh, they're so goddamn good. I <laughs> nut over these babies. Um, but <laughs> this is, I bought, it's it's the mixed pack, but right now specifically I am drinking the strawberry lemonade truly. Ooh. Good shit. Mm-hmm. What about you, Emmeline? I have made myself a mixed drink. <laughs> I, uh, She's a fancy one. <laughs> I'm drinking a truly pineapple hard seltzer. Mixed with some leftover boba tea from this afternoon. Whoa. Wow. Okay, that y'all. Is... Fucking next level. Big brain <laughs> shit. That is okay. revolutionary, if I may. I got, be I got so a, bold. Oh, y'all, this is so good. I got a lychee jasmine tea with some crystal boba. And I just saved a little bit of that shit at the bottom. Poured some of the truly pineapple in. Mm, it's what so is, good. What is What is crystal boba? It's, um, I don't know how it's different, like, compositionally, but it's like the tapioca, but it's clear. And it's, Mm. like, it's, in my experience, it's, like, it's a little closer to, like, the texture of pulp, but, like, the size Mm. of a tapioca pearl. Are they, like, those, like, clear little, like, water balls that you put, or, like, clear little balls you put in water and they completely disappear? And you just kind of, like... Anyway, um, today I got <laughs> and I'm pretty sure it's it's toxic to ingest. Oh no! <laughs> I live on the edge. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh my god! I All thought right. you were gonna say like the little pearls that you put on top of frozen yogurt. That's what I thought you were gonna say. Oh, that shit's uh, so good. The little popping boba. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway. Today I've got a simple vodka with diet Seven Up. Yeah, buddy. And ice. It's also a mixed drink, if you will. Oh, fancy. God <laughs> and damn it. Ice. Nice. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> I got to step it up, man. Keeping it classy. Keeping it classy. Yeah. Once On it get co- ex- but once it gets colder, I'm gonna drink hot toddies, and then oh, I'll be the fancy one. <laughs> mold wine. Chef's kiss. Oh, I cannot wait to make mold wine. So, <laughs> the reverb. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, today, uh, I you know how I love my reveals. So, I'm going to I'm going to give you a good reveal. It's not a great reveal, but it's okay. Um, so, this is this is from a Sports Illustrated article. I'm going to tell you tell you this little story first. Um, so so this man and I don't I'm a. I was a little surprised it was in a Sports Illustrated article, but like not super. You'll see. You'll see in a second. Anyway, okay. so um, <laughs> there was this man 
named Robert Mark Kamen, um, who was, like, living his life. I, I wrote down some of the bare details, to be honest. <laughs> they're, like, uh, they're kind of vague, but it's okay. He's living his life, right? And he goes, he goes to the World's Fair one year and uh, gets the shit beaten out of him, right? So, because of that. Am I right, ladies? uh, Look, (laughs) look. (laughs) Um, And he's like, okay, 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 I gotta learn how to fight. So he goes to train um, with this really violent Marine. He's very, like, raw violence and, like, ah, whatever. And he's, like, trying to learn karate, but it's this Marine who's just really violent, and he... uh, didn't think that was really okay. So he switched uh, to learning a style of um, defensive karate called Goju-ryu. Um, it's defensive karate with like smooth blocks and sharp counter strikes. Um, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And so the this trainer that came and had um, learned from the man who founded the karate style named uh, Chojun Miyagi. Can you guess what I'm talking about? Are you talking about Karate Kid slash the Netflix Cobra Kai? I sure fucking am. <laughs> I was going to say Street Fighter. <laughs> That's good, too. I, do well, I don't know why I thought of that, but I'm very excited. Right. Please talk about Karate Kid slash Cobra okay. Kai. So, um, the first fact, I didn't know it was, like, a, a person who had actually, like, lived this story. <laughs> I didn't know it was based on that. And actually, Karate um, Kid is biographical? Kind of, because like okay, okay. Robert Robert Mark came and did write the script for Karate Kid, like the guy who lived this goddamn story was like, wow. I'm gonna write a movie about it. Oh um, yeah, wow. Because he just happened to also be a writer, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, so um, of course, of course, we first have to talk to uh, talk about the Karate Kid original movie made in 1984. Um, by Columbia Pictures. Uh, it was directed by John G. Avildsen. Um, the IMDb summary is a little, it leaves a little to be desired. I think it's kind of funny because all it says <laughs> is a martial arts master agrees to teach karate to a bullied teenager. That's it. <laughs> hey, oh, there's, there's right. some hope in that. I think it covers all the bases. Hope for the future. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And so it um, it stars such actors as uh, Pat Morita as Mr. Miyagi, who, I didn't know this before, but he was also in Happy Days. He played Arnold in Happy Days. So he had done, like, some comedic work before this, which I'll get more into oh. in a little bit. Um, Ralph Macchio. Tessa, yes. Can I ask you a question and don't laugh? I'll, I, I don't know it? if I can promise that, but go ahead. What is Happy Days? Oh, it's it's one of those, you know, like, you know, I don't know if I know that many details about it, but it's one of those, like, you know, 60s, uh, the 1960s, like, Happy Family fucking TV shows. Yeah, it was a okay. sitcom in, in the, oh, excuse me, it was in the 70s. It was a sitcom in the 70s. Okay. Um, World of yeah. Difference. Oh, Happy Days is the show that Fonzie was on. <laughs> oh, oh, the Fonz? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. We're caught um, up. I just nodded and smiled, and I was like, oh, wow, yeah. <laughs> my, my We're learning honest- all kinds of things. You know, I, all you need to know is, like, leather jacket, quaffed hair, and a. that's it, <laughs> right? Um, Man before our time. Oh, yeah. Anyway, uh, 
Oh, and uh, you know, in Parks and Rec, um, Doctor Saperstein. Yeah. He was he was the Fonz. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, he was. No. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on. Oh, learning God. all kinds of shit tonight i'm here for you um <laughs> we are barely into this okay um <laughs> we're move on daniel larusso was played by uh ralph macchio he's so hot is he like <laughs> like as an adult that is a child oh, i mean okay but listen here's the fact that i wrote down though listen victoria when ralph macchio did the karate kid he was 22 years old Oh, right. He <laughs> what? did not look 22. Um, he was 22. He looked 12 and he was playing a character that was like 16 or 17 or something. <laughs> I've like, never what? seen Karate Kid. I got it. Oh, my God. He looks like a child. Yeah. He looks like a fucking baby. You've never He's seen man. Karate Kid? No, I've never seen Karate Kid. But I can tell you right now, high school was rough for this guy. Oh. He got picked on a lot. <laughs> Well, oh my god, what was I going to say? Oh, it's uh, $4 to rent on Amazon because I watched it two days ago for research. Well, when I have um, $4, I will absolutely you do that. rent it. Well, I guess I should also, just for the people who haven't seen the movie, watch it. But also, like, um, I should probably give a more detailed summary than the IMDb summary if you don't no, know what I it's about. I love the mystery. It's, it's about um, Daniel LaRusso who, like, moves from New Jersey to California, and he's the classic, like, I hate it here, and, like, his mom's like, it's gonna be great, and he's like, I fucking hate it, ma, and uh, he, go, he goes to the beach, and uh, he sees this girl that's really cute, and he starts flirting with her, and then her ex-boyfriend, who isn't over it, like, goes to beat him up. And then he decides to learn karate and then learns it from the handyman at the apartment where he lives. And it's Mr. Miyagi. And he's this very wise Japanese man and, like, does the thing where he's, like, paint a fence, uh, wax a car. And he's like, why the fuck am I doing this, Mr. Miyagi? And then it's like... (laughs) He's suddenly really good at karate, and that's what you get. Anyway. Okay. Um, no, see, so I have not seen Karate Kid, but I have seen Michael Scott's Threat Level Midnight. So I think it's kind of the same <laughs> stuff. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Um, moving on. So jo- Johnny Lawrence, who is the bully character, um, he was played by William Zabka, which... I didn't know this, but after the Karate Kid, he was also in Hot Tub Time Machine. I've never seen Hot Tub Time Machine. Hey. Um, nah, I know. We're women. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think I need to. But I didn't realize he was in it. Anyway, um, Allie, who is the cute girl love interest, is played by Elizabeth Shue, who uh, apparently, like, she was studying at Harvard and then was like, I'm going to take a pause and go film this movie called The Karate Kid and then I'll come back later. <laughs> um, and then she's actually now... Sure, they love that. Oh, yeah. Um, actually, now, I don't know if you guys have heard anything about or watched this Amazon Prime show called The Boys, but she is in that. Crease, who is the really violent karate teacher in in this movie is played by Martin Cove. I wrote, when I initially did the research, right after that, I wrote, you know, people you haven't heard of since then. 
further research, that's not true. <laughs> because Elizabeth Shue is in The Boys, and they're doing things, and it's great. Um, <laughs> and apparently Ralph Macchio has more of a career than I thought he did. But anyway, um, the bu- the estimated budget for, for this movie was $8 million. When was which, it filmed? Um, probably in 83. Okay, let me look. I want to know how much that is right now. Ooh, buddy. <laughs> this is well, the third um, time today I've looked up inflation. <laughs> <laughs> Relevant. Um, you said yeah, $8 million? Uh-huh. Okay, let's see. Oh, adjusted for inflation today, that would be $20,876,947.79. Well, all right. Jesus okay. Christ. Uh, yeah, Superstar. And, and <laughs> initially, like, <laughs> even that budget for, for 1983 was like, did y'all really need that much? Because there's not, like, a ton of different. But, like, in the movie, like, Mr. Miyagi has this collection of, like, classic cars. And, like, um, they, they do a karate tournament. And they had to have all the extras to fucking be at the karate tournament. And they had to pay them, I guess. Um, hmm. You know, when they pay actors, I don't know. Um, What's that but, like? <laughs> uh, <laughs> the opening weekend in the U.S. made a little bit over $5 million. And then, like, the cumulative gross of the movie is, like, $91 million. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> so is, much money. <laughs> yeah, and both of those figures are in the U.S. But, like, it's kind of, it's kind of like, quintessential to, like, American film culture. I'll, I'll get more into that in a little bit, but um, Pat Morita, who played Mr. Miyagi, um, he was nominated for an Oscar and a Golden Globe um, for Ooh. this movie. He was the first Asian-American actor to be nominated for an Oscar. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, uh, in 1984. Uh, <laughs> but uh, there were also some other, like, nominations but it was only for like the actors not for the film as a whole um so like pat marita got a nomination uh i think elizabeth shue did and then william zabka did ralph macchio didn't even though he was in literally every scene of the film but like okay (laughs) it was very weird not Um, enough chest hair not enough chest hair (laughs) (laughs) you know that song from chorus line that's called like dance 10 looks three yeah. Yes. <laughs> so, for some reason, I keep thinking of it as like Ralph Macchio, twenty two looks ten, something like that. Um, anyway, so my next part is like, why? Why has this movie like? Why is this movie so quintessential? Why is it like stood the test of time? Why are we still talking about it? Why are we making a show? That's continuing it, like whatever. Um, this is all really like conjecture. From the research that I did, it's not, like, set facts. You know, you never really know what this kind of thing. But um, especially, like, for the 80s and I guess, like, when you're, like, when people are growing up and, like, starting to watch movies as they get older, it's, like, that really classic, like, coming-of-age story. It's a classic fish-out-of-water story. Um and we all love to see, like, somebody overcoming a bully, like, the underdog story, that kind mm-hmm. of thing. Um, and I think that was really popular for the 80s, too. So that helped. Uh, all that angst. Mm-hmm. 
Sorry, I was taking a drink. But um, the next thing I have is that it has it has really really quotable like memorable lines, which like we hear like wax on wax off all the time, mm-hmm. right? Um, like all of the like Mr. Miyagi's like wisdom is all very quotable. Um, so like, and he, this one isn't as popular, but I really like it is like the first time Daniel goes to Mr. Miyagi's office and he's like, Hey man, we got a, we got a leaky sink up in my apartment. Will you come fix it? And, um, I'm so sorry for my shit. Like in New York. I love it. I love it. <laughs> and, uh, and Miyagi's, Miyagi's like, yeah, I'll fix it in a Japanese accent that I won't do. Um, and we can Mark. make fun of New Yorkers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, New Jersey. Then, Fuck New Jersey. Fuck New Jersey. <laughs> and then uh, Daniel's like, he's like, when are you going to come do it? And Miyagi's like, after. And Daniel's like, after what? And he goes, after, after. And, like, for some reason, that's so funny. <laughs> and, like, just so quotable and memorable. And then also, <laughs> the other one I'll mention, because it's so fucking ridiculous and hilarious, um, towards the end, when they're at the karate tournament and they're in the finals, and it's Daniel LaRusso and his bully in the finals, and it's like the last round, right? And then one of the bully's friends just shouts from the crowd. He just goes, Get him a body bag! And, like, why? <laughs> <laughs> These are high schoolers. And they're it's saying, so kill funny. this man. Put that this is kid like, in a body bag. To be fair, okay, so also since you haven't seen it, Emmeline, the, the karate dojo that, like, the bullies are from um, is called Cobra Kai. That's why the show okay, is that. that. Sense, yeah. yeah, it's called Cobra Kai, and their motto is uh, strike first, strike hard, no mercy. So it's literally like, and like the the thing is that like the sensei is like a um, like a Vietnam War veteran, and he's very hard and like finish him, like fucking. <laughs> he wants these kids to kill each other. It's fucking crazy. Anyway, oh my God. yeah, which Ooh, classic eighties. It gets crazier. I'll get into that later. Um, <laughs> but um, also I put that like seeing people do really badass stuff and being like oh shit karate they're kicking it they're like flipping and kicking it it's cool yeah um (laughs) stuff like that especially like for me because you know if you don't know i am i am very uh i love like stage combat and like movie fights hell yeah you're good at it thank you i (laughs) i love that shit so much so like that's something that i like to watch i just like to watch it um yeah the the movie is also like easily referenced in other shows because it is so quotable you know all the quotes and all that um Mm -hmm. and then the the like montage music is is really quintessential apparently to the to the or not apparently especially (laughs) to the 80s um we love a good montage (laughs) yeah insert Um, rocky insert i don't know yes yeah um (laughs) And in a book by Larry Powell and Tom Garrett, I didn't write down the name of the book because it was long, um, but in that book, they they pretty much say that, like, the Karate Kid was is credited for popularizing karate in the United States. So, like, nice. you know, everybody's like, oh, fuck, that looks cool. I want to do karate. Yes. I also forgot to mention, I want to mention this. So Please. there's there's a scene in the movie, right, where they're they're at a dance and it, it's a Halloween dance. 
Um, and this is also just, like, another iconic fucking thing that's like, yeah, that's why karate gets so popular. The... So, Mr. Daniel is like, I'm not gonna go, and he tells this to Mr. Miyagi, and he's like, why go have fun, something, I don't know. Um, and he's like, I don't have a costume, and then Mr. Miyagi (laughs) makes him a costume that is literally, like, a shower curtain around him. He's just a shower. (laughs) And it's amazing. And he, like, gets his little, his little crush love interest girl, and they're, like, inside the shower together. (laughs) That sounds so bad. <laughs> <laughs> They're inside the shower curtain together, and I was like, damn, that's a really clever way to get some fucking privacy in, <laughs> in the middle of a dance. <laughs> anyway, I just, I appreciate that a lot, and I feel like it's just, like, one example of how this movie is so fucking iconic, right? <laughs> um, I also wrote down, like, some of some of what I think is the best or most important like, for you to learn about the movie, trivia from IMDb. So we're going to go through that. So um, the one of the producers of the movie did not think... Like, he didn't even want to hear Pat Morita read for Mr. Miyagi. Um, excuse me. From what I understand, it was because, like, because he was in Happy Days and he was like, he's too, like, he's done too much comedic stuff. People aren't going to take him seriously. Um and then um, it's called range sweetie look it I up. fucking know <laughs> uh, and you know in in two, 2020 I didn't even fucking know he was in happy days so fuck <laughs> you yeah um, and then like the the director at some point just like brought him in to read anyway um and at that point he had been living in Hawaii and he had like grown out because when he first looked at the script I guess he like didn't have a beard um and then like while he was living in Hawaii he grew out a beard and then grew out his hair um and he like came back to the mainland to like re-sign with his agent or something and uh the director brought him in and like filmed it and and they showed that to the producer and the producer was like that guy looks like a Miyagi what like we should look at him and the director was like oh yeah that's the guy you didn't even want to hear read um own own i know nice. and then and then after that and okay so there's also a thing like in in the IMDb trivia it says this but in all of my other research there was nothing to back it up so i don't super know about this um but it said that like until it, I guess when he read for it, he also, when he read for it and he had the beard and the hair, he also added a Japanese accent and that pushed it over too. Um, and so I see, that's what I said, but like in all the interviews I've watched, no one's mentioned anything about it, but also there might be a reason nobody's mentioned it, you know? Um, cause it makes me, it makes me think of like, uh, if, I don't know if you guys have seen Aziz Ansari's show called Master of None. Um, yeah. Yeah, but he has an episode mm-hmm. where he he's he's an actor and he's auditioning for things and he goes into an audition and they, like, ask him to put on an Indian accent. And uh, he's like, no, I'm not going to fucking do that. And he leaves. And, like, it made me think of that, but I don't know exactly how, tr- how true that is. So, like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. But it was also the 80s. Next thing, anyway, it was, and I'm going to bring up Rocky, actually, it was the first movie, The Karate Kid was, the first movie to use uh, the song, You're the Best, in a montage. 
if you're unfamiliar, <laughs> it's the one that goes, you're the best around. It's the first one to do that. Yep. <laughs> and it was originally going to be in Rocky Three. And then they didn't use it for some... They, like, decided to use Eye of the Tiger instead. (laughs) So the Karate Kid got You're the Best. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So also in the movie, uh, there's, like, the famous... They do the crane kick, you know? Um, Daniel does it. Oh, sweet, sweet the leg, Johnny? Is that this? Yeah, that's this. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, that's not the crane (laughs) kick, but it is in this movie. No, 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 sorry. Um, as the daughter of a third degree brown belt, I do know the crane <laughs> kick. <laughs> okay. Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, and there and there's a scene where they're on the beach, and there's like a shot of Mr. Miyagi like standing on a post and doing the crane kick, and then later Daniel's like, "What was that move you were doing, Mr. Miyagi?" And uh, <laughs> the and he tells him, "So good. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you." Um, and. Uh, there, there was, like, some trivia that was, like, Pat Morita didn't actually do the crane kick. And I was, like, of course he fucking didn't. He was, like, 60 or something. <laughs> <laughs> no. They had, like, a stunt double go in and, like, put on a bald cap and do the crane kick. And, nice. Like, okay. Yeah, of course so- they did. Oh, I also wrote down about this crane kick thing. Like, the Pat Morita didn't do the crane kick because, of course, he didn't. But um, he did take some influence from the stu- his fight double uh, whose name is Fumio Demira um, he like took some inspiration from him and it- he let it influence his character which I think is really cool oh, as nice. an actor yeah um, so to get back to the uh, fight choreographer and the stunt choreographer uh, his name is Pat E. Johnson and he was trained and worked with Chuck Norris and I also have some stuff mm. about Chuck Norris <laughs> because uh, so and, and I only say this because I think it influenced the way that the fights in The Karate Kid were choreographed. Um, and because Pat E. Johnson, like, worked with Chuck Norris. Um, so Chuck Norris, he was the first person to do this. He took, um, he took, or he learned karate in Korea. And so they, it was some, it's a, I watched an interview with Pat E. Johnson and he said, like, uh, there are a lot of hills in Korea, and so there would be a lot of people that would, like, be carrying huge hogs uh, over these hills to, like, take them to market, so their legs were really strong. So they would Mm. use more, like, kicking action in their style of karate. Um, And then Chuck Norris also learned karate, or, like, no, 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 he went back to California and learned from some Japanese teachers there, um, and they used more... It was, like, a more aggressive style that used a lot of punching and, like, hand action. Um, Hmm. So Chuck Norris, like, melded the two, and that's how we got what's known as, like, American karate. It's the American style of karate. Oh. Um, Yeah, I know. save your complex at it again. Ooh, buddy. It's because (laughs) Chuck Norris took, like, the Korean style and the Japanese style and put them together and said, it's American now somehow. Um, But... Uh, Pat, like, learned the style from Chuck and then, like, taught at one of Chuck's karate schools. Um, So I just, that, I'm assuming, like, I didn't hear him say definitively, but, like, that had to have influenced the way that he choreographed the Karate Kid, Um, which is Mm -hmm. really cool to me because I love this shit. Um, (laughs) Okay, the next thing I have written down, the son of Clint Eastwood, who is named Kyle... (laughs) 
he also auditioned for Daniel LaRusso when he didn't get the role. Um, oh, also, I should preface with this. Uh, Columbia Pictures that made The Karate Kid um, is owned by Coca-Cola, or was at the time. They were owned by Coca-Cola. So when Kyle Eastwood did not get the role of Daniel LaRusso, Clint Eastwood banned all Coke products from his movies. Lame. No Coca-Cola. Oh my god. I know. It's like what a fucking pussy. Are you Shut kidding? Up. Like, it's, it's not that it's not that deep. It's not that deep, but god. Have you seen Ralph Macchio play Daniel LaRusso? Come on. No. Um, Maybe his New Jersey accent wasn't good enough. Ah, let me tell you. Um <laughs> Forget about it. I don't know. Uh, And I will say, I did want to mention this at some point. Ralph Macchio, like, upon rewatching that movie after having, like, schooling in acting, like, Ralph Macchio was fucking good. Like, he was, it felt very, like, his speech pattern just felt really naturalistic. Mm -hmm. I was like, shit, dude. You're doing a good job. Yeah. (laughs) And, like, to be fair, I don't know how people talked in the 80s, but I was like, yeah, that sounds like it. (laughs) sure um so the next okay this movie was also in in the year 1985 it was the top rented movie that year the the karate kid yeah um and then okay um also oh for emmeline again this is this is how (laughs) daniel figures out that mr miyagi can do karate is because um at that halloween party that i was talking about that's at their high school um Daniel like fucks with the bully and then the bully and his bully friends chase Daniel all the way back to his apartment which I guess was close to the high school I don't know (laughs) um they chase him all the way back and they're like about to beat him up and Mr. Miyagi appears out of nowhere and beats the fucking shit out of these children Mr. Miyagi an adult Mr. Miyagi (laughs) a full-blown adult assaults some children and then Daniel LaRusso is like, fucking cool. Um, I have a lot of grievances with that. I'll talk about that more later, too. But anyway, Jesus. that fight that where Mr. Miyagi beats the shit, like assaults children, right, um, is nine seconds long, which is like the fastest like fight in film. As far as I know, oh. I tried to f- I tried to see if there was something faster that had happened since then, but I couldn't find anything. So as far as I know, it's the fastest recorded fight in film. And Oof. also, he's assaulting children. <laughs> anyway, so that's what I have about the first one. And like, I didn't. Re- there are two. Se- there's a Karate Kid two and a Karate Kid three. I didn't watch them. I didn't do any research about them because I was like, whatever. Um, so then, be, I guess because this this movie has left such a, an imprint on society, in 2010, they go, let's remake it, but, like, not all the same. <laughs> so okay, this, two- this is the one I've seen with Jackie Chan. Yes, yeah. yeah Jackie I've Chan seen this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, is the Mr. Miyagi character. His name is not Miyagi. It's Mr. Han. Um, and then... The Daniel LaRusso character, it's it's is named Dre Parker and is played by Jaden Smith, a small adorable child. <laughs> so cute. But yeah, there's a lot of um there are a lot of similarities in them, like the story but it's like uh Dre Parker moving to China instead of like to California. Um, very different. Yeah, and then they're mean to him in China. 
just something I don't know something about this this movie like wasn't as super iconic as the 80s one I guess it's just something about the 80s it's just yeah. so fucking iconic that's it and it's not I the same say, as 2010 <laughs> the 2010 karate kid did bring the greatest bop of our decade um never say never oh my god is that really from what? that movie I think so yeah because Jaden Smith has a verse in it oh wow hold on <laughs> let's find I out gotta, what is this song? Right, Justin Bieber? Her. Yeah. Yeah, this says the song is used as the theme song for The Karate Kid and features rap interludes from the film star Jaden Smith. Okay, moving on. So, now, if you haven't heard about it, there is a show. It's called Cobra Kai, and it's a continuation <laughs> of The Karate Kid. Yeah. <laughs> um, we have it now. I guess everybody's just stuck on the fucking Karate Kid for some reason. I don't know. But, like, I'm not mad. I'm not mad. Um, but it started, and I didn't realize this, it started as a YouTube series. And then Netflix bought it, and now it's on Netflix. The first two seasons are on there, and they're going to have a season three, which I have nice. mixed feelings about. <laughs> Oof, and kidding. I will tell you why. <laughs> so, And, of course, there, there are a lot of parallels in that too like i said they they do a lot of flashbacks to the karate kid movies um which uh, well let me tell you this first so the show like it focuses more on the who in in the original movie was the bully johnny lawrence they it focuses more on him and it's like it's kind of a flip story not totally but kind of it's a it's a flip story of like johnny lawrence is like doesn't have a great life and uh he's like in these shitty apartments that like are are designed actually to look like the apartments that are in the original movie that Daniel LaRusso lived in but um he has like this kind of shitty construction job and he drink he's drinking all the time he's an alcoholic blah 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 and then like Daniel LaRusso has this really successful business selling like luxury cars and a really nice house, and a wife, and two kids, and Johnny Lawrence is all by himself. And what the parallel that I really appreciated and I thought was really funny was that Johnny Lawrence had a in Cobra Kai has a Mr. Miyagi moment where he sees a kid getting bullied and then beats the shit out of out of the people who are bullying him. And I was like, "You're assaulting children. You can't do that." And Johnny Lawrence <laughs> gets arrested for it. Ooh. And I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah, I was like, this is good shit. So I thought that was funny. But then it went on and like more children were getting assaulted by adults and nothing was happening. And I was like, oh, don't give me the one and then not never do it yeah. again. Um, anyway, You're like, see um, y'all, we care. <laughs> that's it <laughs> oh god and i think it was really like they were like ah oh, johnny lawrence just has bad luck huh but it's like no he's assaulting children you can't assault children anyway um so so cobra kai is and hear me out it's like gossip girl for me in the sense Oops. hear me out in the sense that every character sucks so hard like there is no character that has like redeeming qualities they'll have like little moments where you're like oh oh yes we're getting better and then they don't um but i 
can't stop fucking watching it. I don't know. You s- even though, like, it seemed like they were going for making Johnny Lawrence the hero instead of Daniel LaRusso, but he still sucks. And now Daniel LaRusso <laughs> also sucks. And so does everyone around them. But they're all Moral main Moral of the characters. story, everybody sucks. Everyone sucks. I don't know. And I was like, maybe it's just because it's like something that's so far removed, especially with all the karate stuff. It feels so far removed from real life and like what the fuck is happening right now in the world that it's like nice to see something else that feels really wild that has nothing to do with me (laughs) um (laughs) yeah yeah and there's like mr miyagi because like the actor has passed away now um so there's like yeah there's like no mr miyagi character and daniel larusso's character is like trying way too hard to like be mr miyagi and it's a whole thing. Um, so, okay. I, at the end of my section about Cobra Kai, I wrote, uh, just rant, Tessa, do it. Because <laughs> the writers of Cobra Kai have to be so fucking insane. They have, they gotta be crazy. Cause like, first of all, I feel really bad for like young people now. Not that I'm not young, but like younger than me. Right. Because, like, nobody knows how to fucking write young people. Not that I do, <laughs> but, like, <laughs> it always sounds cheesy and, like, it's so weird. I feel so bad for young people and, like, young actors who have to say that shit. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, and there's just so much, oh, God, it's, like, stories that they're trying to make, like, ah, oh, yes, good things are happening, but it's, it's terrible. It's so shit. It's so shit. And there's, like, adults assaulting children. Um, and, like, there's this... Uh, spoilers, kind of. But, like, there's there's a scene where, like, there's this huge, like, all-out brawl in the middle of a high school. And this is, like... I finished watching it the other day, and I was like, what the fuck just happened? Because, like, there's this... <laughs> it's like a war. It's a war zone in this high school, and everybody's, like, either doing karate or filming kids doing karate on each other. And, like... There are no security guards around. There's nobody trying to, like, stop the fighting. Like, a teacher comes out at one point, sees it, and he goes, I don't get paid enough for this. Which, like, that's fair. But also... Maybe do something else? I don't know. Like, it's so fun. A girl literally, like... These two girls are fighting because one of them, like, kissed the other one's boyfriend while they were drunk. And the girl's like, I'm coming after you, bitch. And they start fighting. And this bitch, like, has this spiky bracelet. She puts it around her knuckles and really fucking tries to kill this girl for kissing her boyfriend. Like, I real the the whole time, as soon as she put that shit around her knuckles, I was like, She's trying to kill her. She's literally trying to kill her. That is goddamn insane. I'm still reeling over it. It was crazy. Um, Listen, I've been part of many food fights in high school. But none of that shit ever happened. No, there wasn't even food involved. It was a lot. Oh, and also, a kid fucking breaks his neck. His neck. Tough titties. Tough titties, bitch. Tough titties. His neck they're like fighting on a stairway and then the other kid like does the wrong thing and like pushes him over the rail and the kid breaks his neck yeah maybe he still have a neck if he weren't such a bitch god it was oh god it was so fucking crazy anyway um 
the guy who did the fight cho- who does the fight choreography for Cobra Kai is named Hirokita, and he's like won a bunch yes. of awards. Um, hear me out. Uh, I am not in love with a lot of the stuff that he does. Um, no. To be fair, okay, to go to go back to like I'm really into this kind of thing, and when I watch these things, I challenge myself to like look for shit, you know, and so. It's like this won't happen for everybody. It's just fucking me because I'm a goddamn nerd. Um, but like I see a lot of like things that don't like they're supposed to land, but there's space and there's like for me it's obvious space, right? Like oh he didn't fucking hit him. It that doesn't look like he hit him. Um, there are also a lot of things that like there is a karate tournament in Cobra Kai, and they had these like extras that came on to be in some of the fights that are like, ah, you're going to go on and you're going to do some flips and then you're going to lose. Right. Um, (laughs) and it's like these kids that, that go on and they flip and it's like, you weren't even trying to fucking hit him. You just flipped over him. That makes no sense. So like, again, that's just me. It's just me because I'm a nerd about that kind of shit and I love it. And I look for those things. Um, Tessa, I've got a, I've got a question. Gone. Do you think that that has, I don't know. I don't do fight choreography. Do you think that, uh, like the amateur appearance of some of these choreography scenes have anything to do with the like age of the actors? Or is that something that like, if a fight choreographer is skilled enough, like should not even play a part? Well, Okay, here's the thing about uh, about the issue of like there being space between the hits. Mm. Um, I think that's really like I feel like the fight choreographer should be like I I, uh, also like I'm not familiar with how it works when fight choreographers are on a film set because I've Mm. only done it in theater situations. But um, I would think that the fight choreographer would be on set and like looking at the monitor and saying, like, oh, that didn't read. Or at yeah. least during rehearsal, because I, I think during their rehearsals, they have cameras, like, set up where they're going to have the shot done. Um, so they can go, oh, well, that doesn't read, so adjust it a little bit, or we'll find something different to do. Mm. That's that's how I, I feel like it would happen. But also, yeah. I've never done it. I'm very young, and I, ju- I just like <laughs> this shit a lot. But also, the no, goal is to, you know grow up get those jobs and make it better (laughs) so um like i just while i i have quite literally zero experience with fight choreography okay uh i do i do have some experience with children and like i can just say like there comes a point where you could only do so much before you're like yeah fuck it keep it whatever i don't give a shit anymore (laughs) that's fair i mean i do think though i know i do know that um the girl who plays daniel larusso's daughter it's it's the same case as ralph macchio where she's she's 22 but she's playing a 17 year old so i think it's yeah like it's probably a lot of like people in their 20s who are playing 17 year olds um but also i mean some of it is that like some of these actors aren't actually trained in karate, so you have to find moves that they can actually do. But I don't think that plays a part in things reading to the camera. You know? Mm, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Anyway, um, okay. That's the fair. last... I'm just, 
I'm just a drunk payroll associate. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's I have, all I know. I have one last thing. I swear to God, this is the last thing. Um, so I read a few things about this fan theory that in the original Karate Kid, Daniel LaRusso is not actually the hero and it's Johnny Lawrence who is the bully character. And people argue that, and I read this before I watched the movie again, so I, like, took notes. Um, mm, mm-hmm, <laughs> and mm-hmm. it's this thing that, like, oh, well, Daniel always instigates the fights. Like, he always throws the first punch, whatever, whatever. Um, so I read that. I watched the movie. I took notes. I disagree. Let me tell you why. <laughs> please, um, please. Give me your analysis. So in in the first fight that Johnny and Daniel get into, it's it's on the beach and it's over this girl. Um, but it's like Johnny is a is aggressive first. He's not like hitting Daniel. He's but he's like pushing him and he's like tripping him. Right. Which is like which I also wrote that like Daniel throws the first blow that is like meant to land. Like he punches Johnny in the face, which like, sure that seems like, but like, like egging someone on and like intimidation is a form of bullying. Like saying like, come Mm -hmm. on, fucking hit me. Like that's kind of a form of bullying. Right. And, um, there, there's like a scene where they're playing soccer and then, uh, and to be fair, there's, it's it's a scene where like they're playing soccer and then one of the Cobra Kai students like trips Daniel and Danny immediately goes and like tackles the motherfucker. But also he's been like they've been fucking with him like a lot and he's like mm-hmm. I'm so goddamn sick of you people right. Um, but they did, there's also another scene where like Danny is riding his bike home and the other guys come up on their bike on their bikes and they run Danny off of a fucking cliff like that's bullying. Yeah, that's dangerous. Oh. Like, yeah, that it's can kill really you dangerous. It like Low breaks his bike. You. Is, yeah. Um, oh, and I wrote that because the the thing that starts the fight at the Halloween party is that Danny goes into the bathroom and Johnny is a, is in a stall. Um, Johnny is in a bathroom stall and Danny finds a hose in a high school bathroom for some reason. Um, (laughs) and he like hooks it up to the sink and then he runs it over to the stall that Johnny is in and he like sprays Johnny with a hose, which like that's, that's kind of instigating. Sure. But that's not like beating the shit out of somebody. That's like, you've been really mean to me and I'm going to fuck with you. Yeah. You got wet, huh? Yeah. Um, and, and I will say, because a lot of people are, I think the intention with Mr. Miyagi is to make him a very, like, you only use karate for defense, right? He never says mm. it, which I realized. He never says that, but it, it seems that way, right? But, like, there's a scene where they're training on the beach, and then they go back to get in Mr. Miyagi's car, and there are these guys there, and they're, like, drinking beer and, like, sitting bottles on Mr. Miyagi's car, which is so fucking inconsiderate. Why would you do that to yeah. someone else's car for no reason? <laughs> um, and Mr. Miyagi's like, get the, f- get the fuck away from my car. He doesn't say it like that, but he's like, get away from my car, please. Please take the bottles off and please leave because we need to leave. And the guys are like, no, fuck you. And <laughs> this is also really fun. It's like Mr. Miyagi takes his hand and he like chops the top off of all of the bottles um, which I would consider as intimidation. So there's that. I'll give him that. <laughs> but, and here's my theory. 
based on this one moment when when Daniel LaRusso goes to the karate tournament he has a run-in with one of the Cobra Kai students and they kind of look they get in their like fighting stances right they look like they're gonna fight and the Cobra Kai student like doesn't make a move first but he tells like he says to Danny like come on make a move right Mm. which leads me to believe that Cobra Kai students were trained by Kreese to instigate the other person to make a move first so that they won't get in trouble. So, Mm. I do still think that, like, Danny LaRusso is meant to be the hero of the movie. He's like, like, I mean, in the first few fights, of fucking course he's gonna, like, get mad and, like, throw some punches. But the other kids are like, yeah, just kind of mess with them until they hit you so that you can say you didn't throw the first punch. So, like, it's full of shit. And then people like, people like hmm. to back up that theory with Cobra Kai, like the TV show, because they're, they're like, well, in Cobra Kai, Danny LaRusso does all this stuff. And I'm like, yeah, but that's the point of Cobra Kai is to flip the script and go, um, maybe... Maybe Johnny Lawrence isn't as terrible as you think he was, as you thought he was, and maybe Danny LaRusso isn't this golden boy that you thought he was. It's I think it's like it's bringing them on the same level, but it's not trying to prove that Danny LaRusso was the fuck that was the villain of Karate Kid. So I think it's wrong, but that's that's the research that I did. That's the Karate Kid from my from my perspective. I don't know why I'm so fascinated with this subject i don't know why i'm so fascinated with with the whole franchise of the karate kid i don't know couldn't tell you yeah, it's a good movie but i had fun it's a good movie so now for something completely different <laughs> um i'm going to talk about okay i'm gonna say what i'm gonna talk about and it's gonna sound really lame at first but i promise it gets interesting and spooky it's a little spooky Ooh. Uh, um, Today I'm talking about, hell yeah, today I'm talking about the Great Lakes. Okay. Yeah, right? I am in in anticipation for the spooky part. Hell yeah. Oh, I'll get there. Okay, so before I start, I want to give a quick content warning. Um, I am going to talk about deep water, and that's talisophobia, I think, yeah. Um, so if you have that, I'm very sorry. Um, just keep skipping ahead until you stop hearing me talk. Uh, but my sources are, um, I was inspired to make this from a TikTok series that I saw by Geodesaurus, where um, they talk about the Great Lakes in great extent. And so that's my main source. Also, I watched a lot of YouTube videos and I read some articles. Okay, so the Great Lakes and why they're so fucking cool. So, the Great Lakes are made up of five lakes, and they're located in the northern United States, like, kind of, like, the border between the United States and Canada, that area, um, and they're made up of five lakes. They're Lake Huron, Lake Ontario, Lake Michigan, Lake Erie, and Lake Superior. And, mm-hmm. I've been to Lake Superior, and that's it. That's the only Great Lake I've ever seen. I mm-hmm. have never seen any, but I always got them wrong on geography tests. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so they border eight out of the 50 states in the United States. So that's 16% of the United States. 
Whoa, that's eight more states than I personally border. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, you guys. Please ignore me. No. Um, And the Great Lakes contain 23 quadrillion liters of fresh water. And that's enough water to cover the land area of the continental United States in three meters of water or about 10 feet. So it's a lot of fucking water. And Hmm. it's the largest freshwater source in the world containing 20% of the world's supply of freshwater. And I think that's crazy because that thing is big okay mm. so they originated great, from you say? yes they're quite great mm. <laughs> um they uh, started showing up at the end of the last ice age over about uh 10,000 years ago um and temperatures are rising and the ice was melting you know how it goes um and they formed basins through erosion uh, where the melted ice would flow into, thus creating the lakes. And over time, channels were carved out between the basins and the Atlantic Ocean, Atlantic Ocean, so that the water can like there's like a established flow of the water, like where it starts, like Superior, and it eventually leaves through the Atlantic Ocean. Okay. So. Lake Superior is the deepest and the coldest of the lakes, and it contains more water than all the other four lakes combined. It is fucking huge. Mm. <laughs> you can take the Empire State Building and stick it into Lake Superior, and it'll completely submerge it. Oh yeah, stick it in God. there. Yeah, literally <laughs> just take it and just dunk it upside I down. I think we should do that. Let's start like a position to put the Empire State Building in, in the lake. Hell yeah, that's if our first you... meetup. If you, me, Victoria, and, like, ten other people get together, I think we could lift it. We can do it. Yeah. <laughs> Why yeah. don't we take Bikini Bottom and push it over? <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway. <laughs> so, Lake Superior, very, very large. Um, a given drop of water spends, on average, 200 years in Lake Superior before flowing out of it. <laughs> what, a, what a weird fact. <laughs> <laughs> how long does a drop of water spend in this lake who you know, figured that out 200 years and they're like oh it's my time and then they just finally leave <laughs> they're finally like mm, time to go to the clouds what is the scientific measurement of a drop of water uh <laughs> that's that's my next that's that's my topic next week <laughs> Um, and so the next two lakes are Lake Michigan and Lake Huron, which are technically one lake because they're linked by the Strait of Mackinac. Um, but they're two separate lakes because the Strait's really tiny in comparison to the re- to the lakes. So Lake Michigan is the third largest by surface area and it's home to the world's largest freshwater dunes in the world. Oh, so think about that. Marinate on that. I am. I'm thinking about it. (laughs) Oh, I'm marinating. I'm always marinating. (laughs) And east of Lake Michigan is Lake Huron, which has the longest shoreline of the lakes. And it's heavily forested with 7,000-year-old petrified trees. Wow. Yeah. That's way longer than a drop of water spends in Lake Superior. (laughs) (laughs) Let's let's do some quick maths. How many... Drops of water leave Lake Superior. 35. 
35 <laughs> drops of water. That's a whole that's a whole glass of water. Is it? <laughs> Is it? Is it? Maybe a little less, but you know. Could you imagine? I, Victoria, I want you to imagine something. I want you yes. to imagine you have a syringe. You fill it with water. You slowly drop onto your tongue 35 drops. Now, do you feel as quenched and satisfied as if you just drank a whole or nearly one whole glass of water? Not nearly as satisfied as um, me drinking my vodka with Diet 7 Up. Oh, her <laughs> mixed really drink. As, yeah. Not relate as I finished mine in the first 15 minutes of taping. <laughs> um, so below lake huron is lake erie which is the warmest and the shallowest of the lakes and thus the most biodiverse yes i used thus in a sentence on purpose anyway finally <laughs> the water english minor god <laughs> finally the water yeah. dramatically plunges itself into lake ontario via niagara falls we've all heard about it right niagara, niagara falls? falls yeah that's that yeah, water that's where yeah. Ham got married that is where Jim and Pam oh, yeah. got married. <laughs> I relate um, to everything and... <laughs> through the lens of the office. <laughs> Lake you really Ontario. Have, you have related something in both topics so far to the fucking to the office. office. <laughs> I'm sorry, you, you better guys. You better start it. thinking about your topic and relating <laughs> to the office. So, Lake Ontario um, is the smallest by surface area, and the water, it's the last lake that the, the the water flows into before flowing through the St. Lawrence River and eventually into the Atlantic Ocean. So that's Whoa. your very condensed uh, geography lesson on the Great Lakes. Now, some fun facts. That's what we all came for, right? So Yeah, we're spooky. fun facts. Oh, I'll get to the spooky. I'm going to start less spooky and it'll gradually get more well spooky. <laughs> but actually, I'm starting with the spookiest fact first. Babe Ooh. Ruth's first home run landed in Lake Ontario, and it's supposedly still there to this day. <gasps> I gotta find. What if? What if we found Babe Ruth's for a home fucking home run in Lake Ontario? We would make so much money. Shit face fact. Do that trip. and do that and stick the Empire State in Lake Superior on the same day. We're golden. That's too much. We're That's famous. too much. <laughs> we have Two birds to. with one stone. Yeah. We made it. Okay. My next fun fact is, fun fact, salmon aren't native to the Great Lakes as much as we like to think they are. They're not. I didn't. Um, I didn't think that, but now I wish I had. <laughs> um, they were first planted in the Great Lakes in the 1800s, but because they couldn't naturally breed because- uh, salmon breed in rivers uh they had to continuously be continuous god i can't spell or read or speak um continuously <laughs> be planted um into the great lakes but fast forward to 1966 there was an unexpe unexpected invasion and burst of alewife fish that would wash up on beaches um, and nobody liked that. And so a man by the name of Howard Tanner had the idea of replanting salmon into the Great Lakes because salmon eat alewives. And so eventually salmon learned how to breed in the wild. And so now they're kind of na They've become kind of native, but they're still an invasive species to the Great Lakes. But it's crazy how much influence humans have on the wild yeah. and on the environment. It's just, it, it kind of scares me, but like... 
I know they've planted some mussels, like some some sort of aquatic creature to um, clean the Great Great Lakes um, that weren't initially oh. native to the Great Lakes. So that's good, I guess. Yeah, it is crazy yeah, how humans can be like, let's just move some fish, <laughs> and then they do it for capitalism. Yeah, which salmon is delicious. That's true. I love salmon, but also. If they can do that, we can go to Lake Ontario and find Babe Ruth's home run that is still there to this day. I think we can do it. I think if we they can. can move fish. Just saying. Go on. If we believe in the heart of the cards, I think we can do it. <laughs> so, let's talk about shipwrecks, because there are a lot of them. Um, so, sh- the shipwrecks that have happened in the Great Lakes are extremely well-preserved because it's fresh water, and so the salt isn't, like, corroding the ship to nothing. Um, and so literally anything that is plunged into the Great Lakes literally stays in that same state for, for like, hundreds of thousands of years. It's kind of terrifying. But um, the Great Lakes Shipwreck Museum estimates about 6,000 ships have been lost at... <laughs> at sea in the great lakes but it's expe- it's lost suspected. at lake yes <laughs> <laughs> i victoria i thought of a really good joke when you said for like hundreds of thousands of years i was gonna say <laughs> how many drops of water is that <laughs> in lake superior <laughs> i wasn't fast i wasn't fast enough oh, no. <laughs> too drunk to be fast baby Oh god. So the Great Lakes Shipwreck Museum estimates about six thousand ships being lost at Lake, but it's suspected (laughs) suspected, goddammit, that there are way more that have been lost um than six thousand. Estimated twenty five thousand ships have been um submerged and lost forever. Not forever, but like you eventually We could go find all the ships. Right? I we gotta go find all the ships. This is a great economic venture for us. I think we could really benefit yeah. from it. Yes. I say we plan it. I'll talk to y'all later. <laughs> so the first ever ship to sail the Great Lakes was also the first to sink in 1679. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking losers. <laughs> um, it sunk in Lake Michigan and the ship was only found in 2004. So that's 320. 25 years after it sank. How many drops of water is that? <laughs> Damn, Tessa's fast. Emily's not. <sighs> um, the okay, time to get a little sad. Um, the largest loss of life in a shipwreck out on the lakes um was that of the Lady Elgin. That's the name of the ship which wrecked in 1860 and lost about 400 lives on Lake Michigan. But the most famous shipwreck is the SS Edmund Fitzgerald um, in 1958. It was the largest ship to sail uh, Lake Superior, um, and it sunk on November 10th, 1975, due to extremely strong winds like Hurricane cane force winds and waves up to 31 feet that's a tall fucking wave yeah um it sunk and 29 members um sunk with them and the bodies were never recovered but the ship ever found uh don't know 
We I... can go find the <laughs> ship. <laughs> Let's go find the ship. <laughs> so, because the lake is so deep and cold, uh, basically anything that's dead in the lake, like either people or fish, just float around for eternity or they sink to the bottom and they never corrode away because it's fresh water. So, I think that's fucking terrifying. Um, oh no! Yeah, I mean that's what happens when you only lose a drop every two hundred years. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, Nothing else ever goes away. <laughs> but this shipwreck did inspire the famous Gordon Lightfoot song, "The Wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald." Don't know it. <laughs> yeah. <Me neither. laughs> I don't know why it's the most famous too. I think it's famous because of that song, which was like probably like a one-hit wonder and then never heard of again. Like. I'm not just like, oh, give me the ox cord. I'm going to play The Wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald. <laughs> <laughs> um, there was a great storm. There was the Great Lake Storm in 1913, which is the biggest storm in Great Lake history, which was the result of two storms merging together. It was a hurricane and a blizzard that merged together. Oh, and shit. Um, Yeah. And about 19 ships were lost in a span of 19 hours and 250 fatalities uh, during the storm. And oh they lost God. a shit ton of money in cargoes, in supply, and in, in ships, obviously. Yeah, it was not a good time. Wow. That's scary. A ship an hour for 19 hours. That's crazy. <laughs> That's like point zero 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 five drops. <laughs> <laughs> I redact my... My drops of water statement from earlier. <laughs> <laughs> too bad we're okay. gonna keep talking about it. <laughs> it's so, too good. <laughs> that's it for shipwrecks. Let's move on to more spooky facts. We've got the largest underground salt mine under Lake Huron, which is the Goderich Salt Mine. Oh, um, fuck, that's so spooky. Right? <laughs> salt mines. Woo! It's. It's located um, 1,800 feet under Lake Huron, and um, the salt was deposited by AC. The sea doesn't exist anymore, and it's, it's, it's just AC, about uh, 300 million years ago, and it's completely separate from the Fuesh Lakes. And so literally, it's just like you go underwater, and it's just like a big, big block of salt where they mine it, and it's crazy. Yeah, buddy. What's that job okay. like? Right? Where you gotta go mine salt. Do people do that anymore, or is it just robots? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's still it's still functioning today. <gasps> it sounds like they're under a lot of pressure. <laughs> okay, now we get to the spooky underwater shit. I thought we I'm were on the edge there. of my seat. Oh. <laughs> no, now it gets even spookier. Okay, I'm not going to so, be able to sleep tonight. <laughs> there are a lot of things found in the Great Lakes. A lot of things. And a lot of things you wouldn't expect, but a lot of things. Um, there are cannonballs in Lake Erie from the War of 1812. Good year. Just like in the lake. <laughs> yep. Best year. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay. There is an al underwater altar, which is a marble crucifix statues so it's jesus on the cross that what? was purposely placed underwater yes <laughs> what i want to see a picture 
It's located in Petoskey, Michigan, and it was placed by the Marine Divers Club to honor those who lost their lives at sea. And if the bay is frozen enough, it's located in a bay, not in the actual lakes, but like one of the bays of the lakes. Um, The bay is frozen enough. People wait in line, like on the ice, just to (gasps) look down and see Jesus chilling underwater. Oh my god, yeah, I found it too. That's so Ooh. creepy. What the fuck? I right? I love it. I love it. I love it. I don't want to see Jesus chilling underwater. I would like I to see to. him on land. I want to take wow. a selfie with him. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's so creepy. The next spooky thing is, um, are the sinkholes in Lake Huron. And you thought that sinkholes only happened in the ocean. No, they happen in the Great Lakes, too. Um, I so, actually didn't know that they happened in the ocean. I thought it was just like, <laughs> in the middle of in the middle of like a four lane highway. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> they only destroy roads. <laughs> so the sinkholes average about three hundred and thirty feet in diameter, and the deepest scientists have sampled from the deepest sinkhole that they sampled from was four hundred and ten feet deep. How many drops of water is that? <laughs> <laughs> um and at the at the bottom of the sinkhole they found cyanobacteria that have probably been there since the beginning of literally the earth like since the beginning of time and um it may contain (laughs) (laughs) that's a lot of drops of water I'm getting excited about creepy lake shit, and you're y'all y'all care about fucking how many drops of water there are. Yes. <laughs> okay. There are also a thing called the Lost Villages, which are underwater ghost towns. <gasps> what? Yes. Lost villages? You said? Pictures. Pictures. Yes. And Lost so, okay. Villages. So about ten villages in Ontario were intentionally flooded to. To create the St. Lawrence Seaway in 1958. Um, yes, one of these towns right. is called Mille Roche, Ontario. Like M-I-L-L-E-S oh, space okay. R-O-C-H-E-S, Ontario. Um, which is completely underwater. And there's a cool YouTube video I watched that are like, it's like two divers exploring the town. And they go through like the sewage holes. And that's so creepy because you're going what's supposed to be underground. You're going underground something that's already underwater. <gasps> underwater underground the pictures underground. are boring so i'll have to find the video oh you're really? sorry sounds really cool okay but the creep the creepiest thing ever is the last thing i'm going to talk about the creepiest okay. thing the spookiest one is underwater stonehenge oh <gasps> wait i love it wait 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 what, <laughs> what, <is laughs> what? hold on oh Okay, okay, I'm on an article, 15 Strange Things Underwater in the Great Lakes, and how did this Stonehenge end up in the same lake? Is it in Lake Michigan? Yep. Okay. So, um, it was found in Lake Michigan, but the exact location is kept a secret because of how sensitive the archaeological site is. They don't want people to, like, go check it out. On a yeah. will. Don't mess so, with underwater so we, Stonehenge, bitch. So we can't we can't go find underwater Stonehenge, but we can yes, find we everything can. else, just not that. <laughs> um, we cannot so mess with it, but we'll find it. We'll find it. We won't mess with it. We'll just we'll just observe. 
Um, <laughs> so it's a trail of rocks that lead to a rock formation and of a hexagon um, that obviously looks man-made because rocks don't do that on their own. Or do <sighs> aliens do that? Did aliens do that before we got here? I have questions. So on one of the rocks in the formation, um, there was a. They noticed that there was a carving on it, and so they took like a three D picture of the rock, and they discovered that the carving is that of a mastodon. And you're probably wondering what's a mastodon, and I'm gonna tell I'm you because I googled it's, it. <laughs> It's a priest. It's basically like the beta version of the mammoth, and so the mammoth is already really old, and so it's before the mammoth, and so they from that they were able to deduce that um, they the rocks have been up there since about twelve thousand years ago, because that's when the mastodon would roam the earth. So that's how old they are, roughly about 12,000 years old. And, and it's said that these rocks serve to herd animals to a specific hunting spot. Since mammals don't instinctively cross over lines because they think they'll fall through the line. Like, even if it's just, like, a painted line on the ground. Um, and so they would, like, set a curve of rocks where animals will walk through. And so they kept them in that line. And then they the, the hexagon formation is probably where hunters would, you know, hunt the the animals so they would have food. oh yeah so that there isn't sense. a lot of information recovered from the site since archaeologists don't know how to dive and so it remains one of the greatest mysteries of the great lakes <laughs> man if all the archaeologists knew how to dive <laughs> that's where we come in Hi. yeah welcome to, welcome to diners drive-ins and dives <laughs> <laughs> so that's all I have on the Great Lakes. Okay, I guess it's my turn now. Sure is. <laughs> okay, so... Oh, God, let's see how I can get through this. Okay, so I I have, like... Okay, I have a running list on my phone of, like, topics I want to do. And this is one that I really wanted to do. And so, like, for, you know, how long we were off, like, a whole week I was sitting on it. And I was like... <laughs> oh, like, I can't wait to do this one. It's going to be so good. I'm going to find out so much information. And then it, like, wasn't, like, there was nothing to talk about. It was, like, oh, every, <sighs> literally, I, I found, like, more than 10 articles, and they were all, like, two lines. Oof. So, so I ended up doing just, like, a mini crash course in ABBA. <laughs> Ooh! <laughs> 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 it's, it's super short, and then at the very end, we'll get to the part that, like, interested me, and I'll tell you about that. Hell but, yeah. Um, I'm committing myself to doing a two-part series about things that I'm interested in in Sweden. And so this is this is part one. Um, part Hell two, yeah, Sweden. I'm, I'm committing myself to next week. <clears throat> okay. So, ABBA, the band as we know it, was formed in 1969. Nice. Hey. Hey. <laughs> and they rose to fame after winning the Eurovision Song Contest in 1974 with their song Waterloo. So nice. I recently watched the like Eurovision movie on Netflix. Yeah. Uh-huh. Which I wanted to do this. <laughs> I wanted to do this topic before I saw that movie. And uh, 
I don't know. I, I didn't know that they were even in Eurovision. So Right, me neither. <laughs> <laughs> so ABBA is, you know, it's a famous Swedish band. Um, and, of course, famously, like I said, they won Eurovision in 1974 representing Sweden. Um, one of them is Norwegian. You want to <gasps> guess which one? <laughs> Expat. One of the guys. How no, many guys are it's, there? Uh, there's, is okay, the lady? So, <laughs> it's so the, okay the band as we kind of know it like the common idea of abba is the two men who are the songwriters and they play guitar and piano and the two women who are the main vocalists um mm-hmm. and so there's two women um i don't remember their names and i didn't write it down and but one of them is brunette and the brunette is from norway Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, ABBA. I have a blurry picture in my mind of what ABBA looks like. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Very vague. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, So, uh, oh, also, fun fact, um, because that's what we're about here. ABBA is an acronym of all of their names. So, that's why they're called ABBA. Oh, I, I knew at least like that I knew much. That at some point, <laughs> so that's why it's mm-hmm. called ABBA, and it's not. A lot of people think it's capital A, lowercase b, lowercase b, lowercase a. It's actually no, no. in all caps. Like yeah. that is the official. It is it's ABBA in all caps. Very serious. It's stylized. So much How dare you? Serious. Oh god. <laughs> <clears throat> so they actually auditioned for Eurovision before they got accepted. They auditioned in 1973. But they were not chosen, womp womp. However, between 1973 and their 1974 audition, they did obtain moderate fame in Sweden for their song Ring Ring. That ABBA hit. <laughs> I was going to say, I have never heard that song. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so, ABBA is a Swedish band with one Norwegian member. And they sing in English. The fuck is up with that? So apparently their manager, when they were auditioning for Eurovision, said that they would sell more records if they sing in English. And so that is why so many of their songs are in English. Nice. I mean, not nice, but like good for them for making money. (laughs) Yeah. You know, they're doing well. Um, I would say so. so. (laughs) So I went through... And I watched their Eurovision performance on YouTube. And before their performance, I thought this was so inappropriate. The (laughs) British commentator, who's a man, remarks that obviously ABBA would easily win if all of the judges were men because they were so beautiful. So, like, forget that Mm. they're, like, insanely talented and, like, they got a good vibe. (laughs) And I'm assuming that they're only they were only talking about the women because they were the ones yes. singing. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So the the original two members of ABBA were the men were the songwriters, and then they met uh, the blonde woman. I really should look up their names. Let me <laughs> ABBA members. Oh God, let me <clears throat> watch me read Swedish. Okay, so Agnetha. Oh yeah. <laughs> was the was the third member? She's the blonde one, and then Ani Freet. I hope is the uh she's the um la, 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 la. Norwegian one. Yeah, she's the Norwegian one. So their <laughs> names are 
Agnetha, Bjorn, Benny, and Ani. So my favorite Abba. Bjorn. A B B B A. A B B A. Bjorn. Okay, so <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Oh, side note, Eurovision used to be super lame. Okay. So Eurovision, Eurovision now. still lame. What are you talking about? <laughs> okay. So if, I, if you think Eurovision is lame now, which is fair, that's a fair assessment. If you want it, just like keep the ridiculousness, but just dial back the performance like 10 notches. And that's Eurovision <laughs> circa 1974. Yeah. Also would like to. Okay. Don't get me wrong. Eurovision is fucking incredible. But it's also very weird, and that's how I get lame. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a good I, lame. Listen, I don't know if y'all do this. When like I love watching Eurovision for a good laugh. Mm-hmm. It's impressive. It's impressive, but it's also ridiculous. <clears throat> okay. Yes. <laughs> Following their win at Eurovision, they actually had a lot of difficulty staying in like the international, and by international, I mean like English speaking and European countries. Uh, they had difficulty staying in the international arena after their win until their song, I Do, I Do, I Do, I Do, I Do. Mm-hmm. Nice. Good song. <laughs> it <laughs> is a good song. It, like, it's Have you fun. heard it? Yeah, yeah no, no, I was in Mamma Mia. Song. I sang it. I was in Mamma Mia. I get it. Oh, yes. How could I forget? Yes, yes, yes. Okay. <laughs> it, like, solid song. And that song charted in Australia and the U.S. And their song, S.O.S., which also a bop a bop uh-huh. a bop made a the top bop. 10 in the uk i think like abba is something that i have come to appreciate more as i've gotten older like i don't talk about the musical in my notes but like the That's musical's okay. bad right like it's like, <laughs> like it's not like it's, it's safe a great to say ABBA that it's concert. bad okay if <laughs> i may if ABBA i may concert. yes yeah. if i may People wanted to hear some ABBA music, and Broadway said, if we half-ass write a story around ABBA music, people will want to see it, and that's how we got Mamma Mia. It's not a great story. Okay, listen, It's no across I... the universe. Uh, <laughs> uh, ass, across honestly. the universe is so bad. Yeah, it's trash. It's, oh, God, <laughs> Holy it's so shit. Bad. Okay, so... To even call Mamma Mia like that effort a half ass is, I think, so generous. It's like an eight of ass. <laughs> like I, I was gonna, I was gonna put this at the end, but like I have one question, and when I googled it, it seemed that no one else had the same fucking question. Why is a musical set in Greece with an Italian name set to the soundtrack of a Swedish band? <laughs> it makes. Look, you're asking too many questions is the problem. <laughs> you have to go ABBA music, ding, and that's it. Okay. Um, as of 2014, they had sold more than 380 million records around the world. Victoria, how many drops of water is that? <laughs> um, at least 12. Upwards of 13. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so they split up in 1982, although I'm going to be honest with you, I think I read somewhere yeah. it was 1984. Who knows? And here's here's why. Okay, so it, they split up 1980 when the members got <laughs> divorced. So <laughs> Wait, so what do you mean? Yeah. What? Okay, yeah. So like totally totally um Fleetwood it out that boss. 
Uh, Fleetwood Mac style, they married each other. So Agnetha and uh, Anna, Ani married Bjorn and Benny. Respectively? So, or what? Um, I don't know. <laughs> Uh, I'll be so honest with you. One of the men (laughs) married one of the women, and the other ones did the same thing. Yeah. Done. Yeah. Yeah. It's sad that there was no AA couple and no BB couple. Like, they were both AB. Oh, fuck. Abab. (laughs) Abab. My favorite (laughs) What do you think their blood types were? All O. (laughs) (laughs) Is there an O positive or is it just O? No, it's no, O positive. It's o positive. Or negative. O negative. Okay, is that the universal donor or is that O negative? Or is I think O negative, o negative is the universal, is the universal donor. A B and then o, negative is o the positive is the universal receptor. No, A B is the universal receptor. <sighs> so those marriages know. can accept any blood type. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but man, they didn't. They got divorced, and uh, there's actually they never made like a public statement that they were getting like that the band was breaking up they ended i think they got divorced in like early like 1980 1981 and they stayed together for a few years after that they did so like i think some of their best songs prior to their divorces um but yeah they never made a public announcement about it they just stopped performing together oh there's I'm sorry, I'm still giggling about you saying, like, the band got divorced. (laughs) The whole thing. Oh, it's so funny. (laughs) It was a dirty case. (laughs) It was messy. Uh, Okay, so it's hard to talk about this next part, which is, like, this is the part I wanted to base my whole segment around, and then there just, like, wasn't enough to talk about. But... Okay, so if everyone listening, not driving, uh, and if y'all could just go Google a picture of ABBA, that, I think mm. that visual would like really help for what we're about to talk about. Just like any of these pictures, I really like the one where they're all in like these like blue satin like jumpsuits. Oh, I know, I found it <clears throat> as you were saying. It. Go on, <laughs> that one's I have it. Good. Wow. Uh, I also love the one where they're. Uh, one of the the Ani is wearing like a like an orange um like scarf that's their yeah. that's their outfit that they that that's their Eurovision outfit oh um, yeah so oh boy uh, the reason I wanted to talk about this is you know this is an internationally successful band they have their legacy is has outlived them you know with Mamma Mia and so uh why are they dressed like that mm-hmm <laughs> Well, do I have two <gasps> sentences for you? <laughs> um, so according to Swedish tax law, tax deductions were only allowed for clothes of performers that were, quote, in no way suitable for everyday wear. <laughs> <laughs> so the iconic and eccentric fashion sense of the longest and one of the longest enduring bands of the 1970s was to get a tax write off. Wow. So, oh, yeah. I appreciate that so much. I know. It's them. a long build I have a up. question a for up. Lady Gaga. <laughs> <laughs> and so, okay, I I was wondering because while doing research into some of their, like, they did some wild costumes. There's, like, there are videos of them performing Dancing Queen and, like, these, you know, 18th century, like, French 
aristocracy like costumes. Um, and so I was, I don't know, I wondered if, you know, maybe these wild costumes that they had were kind of like the seed of, you know, like the performance that we know today and like how, you know, the costumes that are involved with that. Uh, but mm-hmm. I could not find any evidence of that. And for what it's worth, you know, at the same time, their contemporaries like like Freddie Mercury and Queen, he wore some wild shit. So it was not Elton that they were John the only ones wore doing some it. Wild shit. Elton yeah. John wore Have you guys seen him in the Daffy Duck costume? <laughs> oh my! No. Google that Daffy Hold Duck. Hold on. John. We're looking at this together. We're looking at this Daffy together. <laughs> Listeners, that's you too. <laughs> Yeah, you're a part of this conversation, too. Oh, my God. (laughs) He was singing your song in a Donald Duck. (laughs) I love it. Oh, my God. That's what people who are in love and cheesy sing to each other, and he did it in a fucking Daffy Duck costume. So the one, the ones where he's standing up are really good. Have you seen the one where he's sitting down on the piano bench? <laughs> oh, oh, look at that butt. Okay, this one actually, I found one. Elton he's Don not got that dump truck. <laughs> got that Pixar ass. The one I found, the one I found is not him sitting on a piano bench. It is just him <laughs> bending his knees to play the piano. Yeah. Oh my god, the costume goes all the way. It's like footsie pajamas. (laughs) Yeah, it's full body, baby. Full body. Full body. Oh my god. I hate it. (laughs) While we're talking about wild costumes, um, there's one of Elton John playing at the Dodgers Stadium where he's wearing like a Dodgers uniform, but it's made entirely out of Yeah, it's all sparkly. (laughs) Yeah, so good. So all this is to say, like, you know, there are some pretty fucking wild costumes um, in, like, the 70s and 80s. (laughs) (laughs) There's some pretty wild costumes, but ABBA made a smart financial decision. Theirs was entirely for the tax write-off. Yeah, it was. Yeah. That's all I got. That's all she wrote. That's all you need. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of Shitface Facts. If you want to keep up with us on social media, you can follow us on Instagram at SHTFaceFast. That's ShitfaceFast. God, I can't speak. ShitfaceFacts without the I. And if you want to send us an email with anything interesting that you want us to know about, you can email us at ShitfaceFacts with no I. So SHTFaceFacts at gmail.com. And yeah. If you want to leave us a voice message um, to also let us know about things you want us to know about or talk about, um, just go to anchor.fm slash shtfacefacts. That's shitfacefacts with no I. And remember, there's no I in team and there's no I in shit. Shit.